What's going on, everybody? How's everybody doing this morning? It is so good to see you guys. I practice in here during the week, and there's nobody, and it's kind of sad, but it's so awesome that you guys are here. I'm so pumped. Um, my name is Cotter, and I am the Next Steps Director here at Bayshore. Um, and did you guys notice our volunteers this morning? We had volunteers up in the parking lot holding signs. We had volunteers at the uh, check-in, like, tent thing. You guys had people helping you to your seats. We got our camera crew rocking it, Ed over here, um, Alexis in the back. We got our sound booth team. We've got so many volunteers, and, and I just wanted to give, like, a big shout-out to our volunteers because we could not do anything without them. So could you guys help me and make up some noise for them? Our volunteers are the best, and you guys are the best, because it's Labor Day weekend, and you're here in Rehoboth, and if you guys are watching online, or if later in the week you're listening uh, to this podcast, you can't see it, but we've got people in the room in Rehoboth on Labor Day weekend that drove on Route 1. You guys are the bravest people in the entire eastern shore, like... You guys are amazing. I left home at like 6, and there was traffic at 6 in the morning, so I can't imagine what it looks like right now. But you guys are awesome, um, and we've got our online family joining us, and can you guys help me in making some noise for them? So who's excited to have work off tomorrow for Labor Day weekend? Isn't that awesome? I, I am so pumped. Like, We've, been, we've just been loving the, the Labor Day weekend, um, and tomorrow it's supposed to be really good weather again. It's been awesome weather. We might go to the beach if it's, if it's nice. Um, it's just always nice to have a little bit of time off, a little vacation, some extra bonus time with family. And uh, Emily and I, uh, my wife had the opportunity to go on a vacation with our family um, a few weeks ago. Uh, every August we go to Williamsburg and, uh, in Virginia. And we spend some time with family. My parents go, my sister and her kids, uh, my brother and his kids go there. And we just spend the whole week hanging out with our nieces and our nephews. And it's just like such a fun time. You know, we were like uh, hanging out with them in the pool, like launching them in the air, throwing footballs to them and playing video games with them. And it's, it's such a fun week. But one of the bummers about the week is that we can't take our child on vacation. Um, now, part of that is because our child is actually a dog. Uh, we don't have a human child. We've got a picture of him. We'll throw him up on the screen. This is Koa. He's like, he looks cute, but he's kind of crazy. Um, but he's awesome. And we call him a child because we kind of treat him like a human. Now, when we left for vacation, we had to leave him behind. So we sent him to a pet resort. Now, the place that we were going on vacation, that wasn't even a resort. But our dog got to spend the whole week at a pet resort. Now, I feel the judgment from the non-dog owners out there. I know you guys probably don't understand. I'm sure Dave Ramsey's out there somewhere shaking his head that we sent our dog to a pet resort. But look, this place is amazing. I think he had a better week than we did. This place, there's like all these other dogs out there. He can lay out in the sun. They put little like uh, the little mini pools. They fill them with ice and water, and they're like jumping in the pools. He's making friends like... I think he might have had a better week than we did, but he had so much fun, and so we wanted to send him to a pet resort, and isn't it true that when you love someone, you'll do anything for them? Like, I never thought I would be the person that would send my dog to a pet resort, but I just love that little guy, like, so much that sending him to a pet resort, it's a, it's a joy to me, and today I hope that what you will see is that Jesus loves you so much 
that he would do anything for you. And, and we're continuing our series today called Keep Your Head Up. And we're going to look at a few ways that Jesus' love for us can be our motivation when it's a challenge to keep our heads up. So we're going to be uh, reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 5 this morning. Uh, we're going to start in verses 14 and 15. If you guys, if you guys have your Bibles, you can uh, grab those and turn there if you have the Bible up on your phone. Or we're going to toss it up on the screen. So um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 14. It says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Now, look at the beginning of that verse. It starts out so cool. It says, for Christ's love. For Christ's love. And I just, I really like how that starts out because it puts an emphasis on Christ's love for us. And I think about my love for our dog. Like, we sent him to a pet resort. Emily and I buy him every toy imaginable that we can find. Um, and one room of our house that we have is like dedicated to um, our dog, sort of. Now, it wasn't supposed to be that way. When we first moved in, part of our house was this one room. It was going to be like my room. Do any guys have like their room in their house? Maybe it's the bill table. Well, mine's my Xbox room, and it's like amazing. I've got a couch. I've got a TV stand, a TV, and an Xbox. That's literally it. Nothing else in the room. It's amazing. But the couch that I was supposed to use when playing Xbox um, is now occupied. I think we got a picture of this that we can put up there. That's, it's now Koa's couch. Now, I actually took that last weekend when I was playing Xbox. I now have to sit on the floor, and he gets the couch, and he, like, treats it like it's his bed. It's it's crazy, um, but I love him, and I want him to have that spot because I know that it brings him joy. And, and think about somebody that you love. It could be your spouse, your child. Maybe it's your dog, um, but when you love someone, you'll do anything for them. And why I love this verse so much is that it shows us that Jesus loves us, and it shows us that he's willing to do anything for us. And if we keep reading in this verse, it shows us that Jesus gave up his life for us. It says that he died for all, and later in verse 15, it says that he died for us and was raised again. Jesus gave up his life for you. He wanted you to have an incredible life here on this earth. He wanted you to have an eternal life for the for infinity for forever. And in order for that to happen, he needed to give up his life for you so that he could take the burden of our sins away so that we wouldn't have to take that on. Jesus did that because he loves you. And, and I can't think of a better reason to keep your head up than that right there. And, and this isn't just something that Jesus says. It's not just like, hey man, like I love you, like have a great day. No, he like proved it with his actions. And, and we see that in the book of Romans. Um, so we'll throw this up on the screen. Romans 5 verses 7 and 8. It says, Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Think about that. Our sin, like, put this gap in our relationship with Jesus. We were at odds with him, yet he was still willing to die for us. And his, his love for you, it's not based on whether or not you deserve it. It's based solely on his choice to love you. And, and that's something that'll never change. Jesus loved you so much that he gave up his life for you and I, even when, when we weren't living our lives in a way that honored him. So don't ever forget that Jesus loves you. 
Jesus will never stop loving you. His love for you is so strong. His love for you is unconditional. It's, it's never ending. And it's a love that's stronger than any other. And he proved that by giving up his life for us. And look, I love my dog. I could talk all day about how I love my dog and all the things that I will do for him because I love him so much. But that can't compare at all to the love that God has for us because that's on a totally different level. So um, what do we do with that? What do we do with this knowledge that, that Jesus loves us? What do we, how does that impact our lives? Well, in this series, we've been talking about keeping our heads up. And today we're going to look at a few ways that Jesus' love for us can be our motivation when it's a challenge to keep our heads up. So let's toss the first part of this verse back on the screen. It says um, in uh, 2 Corinthians, it says, For Christ's love compels us. Christ's love compels us. Now, when I was a kid, um, my cousin Dylan and I, we loved watching this thing called the X Games. Does anybody know what the X Games are? The X Games are awesome. Um, And if you don't know what the X Games are, basically, like, think about the Olympics, only it's got sports that, like, are worth watching. So (laughs) instead of, like, watching horse dancing, you're watching, like, skateboarding and surfing and motocross and it's like the greatest thing ever. Um, so the X Games came on every year in August. We waited all year to watch them. And when they were on, we would be glued to the TV for the whole week. So uh, one year, my cousin Dylan and I, we were watching the X Games while we were on vacation. Um, and this commercial came on. And normally when the commercials came on, like you guys know, you just kind of zone out. You're not paying attention. Uh, but this one commercial came on that literally I will never forget. I will never forget it. It was the greatest commercial I've ever seen, and it was an ad for Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I think we got a picture of Reese's Peanut Butter Cups we could put up on the screen. Look, this ad, it was one of the ones where, like, the little Reese's Peanut Butter Cups is just rotating in slow motion for, like, 30 seconds. And there's this deep, like, Morgan Freeman voice that's like, eat this amazing peanut butter cup. Like, you know those commercials? Like, it was amazing. It was the greatest advertisement, like, ever. Um, If you're like, how many of you guys like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups? Facebook, you guys can comment literally everyone because they're amazing. Now, this commercial comes on. I I can't explain what happened to me when I saw it. Something came over me, and all I knew in that moment was that I needed a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, and I needed it like immediately. So my cousin Dylan and I, we got up. We left the X Games. We'd be waiting all year to watch. We went right to the store at our hotel, and we bought some Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, and guys, they were amazing. Just as amazing as the one that I bought yesterday. Um, and I've never had that experience at another time in my life, but at that moment when I saw the commercial, I just knew that I needed to have that immediately. And that's kind of the feeling that this verse is trying to get across when it says that Jesus' love compels us. It's that feeling of like being taken over by something so much that you have to act upon it immediately. That's what it means to be compelled. And, and when we look at Jesus's love for us, I believe that that sparks something in us where we're compelled to act. We're compelled to change the direction of our lives so that we're focused on Jesus and we're focused on living for Jesus. So today we're going to look at a few ways that Jesus's love for us can be our motivation. And if you're taking notes this morning, our first point is Jesus's love for us motivates us to live for him. Jesus's love for us motivates us to live for him. Now let's look at our verses in 2 Corinthians 5 again. It says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, 
and therefore all died. And he died for all that. Those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So we have this section here in in orange, um, and it shows our responsibility in this. Now, Jesus gave up his life for us, um, and this shows how we're to respond to that. Now, uh, in the book of John, we get some insight as to why Jesus came to this earth and, and gave his life up for us. So John chapter 10, verse 10 says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly, more abundantly. So Jesus came to this earth. He gave up his life for us because he wanted us to have eternal life, but he also wanted our lives right here on this earth to be more abundant. Now we all have life. We're all here. We're all breathing. We're alive in this moment. But what Jesus is saying here is that he wanted our lives to be better. He didn't just want your life to be ordinary. Now, I'm a, I'm a pretty cheap person. Um, if I can pay less for something, 100% going to do that. Is anybody else like a money saver? Like anytime you order something online, you discount, you like Google discount coupon codes all the time. You got to save the money. Now, I'm all about that, but um, sometimes you can get me into, into trouble because things that cost less usually aren't like as good. Now, a few weeks ago, I was craving pizza and and we have this little Caesars right near our house. So I was about to roll over there, get myself a hot and ready $5 pepperoni pizza. And, and I was all about it. But then Emily stopped me. and She said, why are you going to Little Caesars when Papa John's is right across the street? It's like, that is the easiest question I've ever been asked. Papa John's pizza costs $12. Little Caesars costs $5. It's, it's not about how good it is. It's just $5. But then Emily went on to remind me of how Little Caesars tastes like cardboard and how it's terrible. So against my money-saving instincts, I paid a little bit more, and I went to Papa John's. Now, Papa John's has this special pizza out right now, and it's called the Shakaroni. And it's inspired by Shaquille O'Neal, which, if you don't know, is a massive human being. He's like seven feet tall. Um, so this pizza is an extra-large pizza, and it's covered in pepperonis. Like, you can't even find the cheese. It is incredible. So that's what I got, not because I wanted it, but because it was only, it was the cheapest one on their menu. So I got that one. And no lie, that night I ate one of the best pizzas I have ever had in my entire life. I sent a picture to Joel immediately when I got it. I was like, dude, you got to buy this. It's amazing. And, and I was going to be eating pizza either way that night, but my choices were nasty cardboard pizza or incredible pepperoni filled heaven inspired pizza. You know, pizza is a funny thing to like compare life to, but we have an option in our lives. We can choose to live life on our own, which means we're, we're making decisions on our own. We're, we're dealing with our grief and our trials and our struggles on our own. We're feeling like there's not hope. We're feeling like there's no purpose in our lives. Or we can choose to live our lives for Jesus, which means we have God's wisdom when we're making life decisions. We have God's comfort when we're going through struggles in life, we have the hope of God being our deliverer and our strength no matter what we're going through. And life on our own, it's like that nasty cardboard pizza where, yeah, like we technically have life, but we're just scraping by day to day. But life with Jesus is life where we have hope and joy and peace and comfort and wisdom no matter what we're going through. Jesus gave up his life for you so that you could have abundant life. And Jesus doesn't just want you to go through life on your own without hope, suffocated by your worries and your stress. 
wondering what your purpose in life is and, and how you're going to get up for work another day. Jesus doesn't want that. He wants your life to be full. He wants to overwhelm you with peace and comfort and hope. And he wants you to know that when you're going through trials, you're not alone. The God who created the entire universe, he's on your side. He wants you to know that when you're struggling, you have this community of Jesus followers here at Bayshore that's praying for you, that's here to support you, and here to help you. So a couple of verses later in 2 Corinthians 5, it says, um, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Now, when we look at what Jesus did for us by giving up his life for us on the cross so that we can have abundant life, we can't just look at that and be like, yeah, like that's cool. Jesus is a cool guy. He did a cool thing. You know, I'll just add Jesus to my life and he can make my life a little bit better, like some ketchup. You know, you just pour him on top, just makes it a little bit better. Now, that's not how we have abundant life. We don't just put Jesus on top of what we've already got going on. We have abundant life when we fully commit to Jesus. Now, I love surfing. Um, the beach is 100% my favorite place in the entire world. Um, it's a place I would be all the time if I could. But I injured my shoulder a couple months ago, and I haven't been able to get to the beach and, and surf for a while. So the closest thing that I can kind of do to get to like that feeling of surfing is skateboarding. Now, I've been skateboarding on and off since I was like a kid, and I'm terrible. Um, it's embarrassing for me to even say that I skateboard when Matt's here, and Matt's like a professional skateboarder. Um, but like the thing that's always like held me back with skateboarding is that I'm um, terrified, like deathly terrified of getting hurt. Now, if you're at the beach and you're like surfing or something, you might fall and hit the sand or the water. You're going to be fine. Like it's not a big deal. But if you're skateboarding, you fall on the concrete or like the road or a sidewalk, that is going to hurt 100% of the time. Like there's literally zero chance for that to not feel awful. So I know a couple of like super easy, simple skateboarding tricks, but I've always done them in the grass because you can fall on the grass. It's no big deal. I'm not worried about getting hurt. But that's like super lame. Like, I know it's not the real thing. Skateboards were not invented so you could sit in your backyard in the grass and the dirt and just kind of hop around. You know, you're supposed to be moving and rolling and like on the street somewhere, or concrete. Um, that's what it's really about. So, so during these last few months, when I haven't been able to get to the beach, um, I've been working on my skateboarding. One day, I made the leap. I took my board out into our, like, neighborhood, and I started trying out some tricks uh, while moving. Now, don't worry, I was wearing a helmet. Uh, I was safe. Um, but I was pretty terrified because I knew that there was, like, actual risk involved now that I was actually on a road and not on the grass. Um, but when I landed some of those tricks, like, it felt amazing. It was like I was doing a completely different thing than when I was just hopping around in the grass. It was a totally different experience. And I went from like pretend skateboarding in my backyard to actual skateboarding on the street. And that happened when I committed and when I went all in, that's when I got the real reward. And that's what living for Jesus is like. We see in this, light, in this, uh, in this verse that, um, that our old life is gone and our new life has begun. So we had our old life, and now we have this new life, and it's saying that we need to commit to living for Jesus 100%. We can't just be chilling in the backyard, playing it safe in the grass. We can't just add Jesus to what we already have going on and be satisfied with mediocrity and a life that's just decent. 
That's not what Jesus intended when he gave up his life for us. He wanted us to have an abundant life and a life where we are totally living for him. And and look, here's what this looks like. We commit to living for Jesus in all aspects of our lives. We commit our finances to Jesus. We commit our relationships to Jesus. We commit our fears and our failures and our anxiety and our struggles to Jesus. We'll live abundantly when we are fully committed to living for Jesus. And as this verse says, we need to see ourselves as a new creation. Our life before, it was just about ourselves. We made decisions based on what we thought was best and and the things that kind of made us happy. But as a new creation, now we live our lives for Jesus. We open our Bibles and we read about how Jesus loved people, how he was committed to living a life that honored God, and how he was humble, how he was selfless, how he was caring and loving and kind, how he turned to God when he was going through struggles and and faced trials. Jesus is our example of what it looks like to really live for God, to really be a new creation And that example is what we can follow as we strive to have an abundant life, the abundant life that Jesus wants for us. And Jesus showed us with his actions that he loves us deeply, and we respond to that display of love by living for him. Not just adding him to our lives and the things that we've already got going on, but truly living for Jesus and placing him as the leader of our lives. So Jesus' love motivates us to live for him, And our second point today we'll throw up on the screen is that Jesus' love for us motivates us to grow in our faith. And we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4 here, and we're going to look at verse 15. It says, uh, that's verse 15, don't worry about that, That's, that's verse 15. It says, instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. Now, this verse is talking about how Jesus' love for us motivates us to grow to be more like Jesus. And when I think of this concept of growing in our knowledge of Jesus and and growing to be more like him, I think about my relationship with my wife, Emily. Um, Now, when Emily and I first met, we were set up on this, like, blind coffee date at Starbucks by a mutual friend. And, and I knew hardly anything about her. Like, I knew that uh, a long time before we had gone to high school together, I knew that she loved Jesus. And um, I knew some, from some very skilled Facebook stalking that she was super attractive. Um, but that was about it. I didn't really know anything else. Um, and then, like, when I met her, I began to learn about her. I learned about what kind of music she likes, who her favorite bands are. I learned that she loved the beach. I learned what she wanted to do for a career and, and how she wanted to help people. And I learned what things were important to her. I learned about her sense of humor. And then when... Um, The more time that I spent with her, the more I learned about her. That's how I truly got to know who she is and and what she's all about. And and that's how it is with our relationship with Jesus. You know, we can't go into Starbucks and throw a mask on and sit across from the table with Jesus and be like, hey, man, like, who's your favorite worship band? And we can't do that, but, but we have the Bible and that's so much better. And what's so cool about reading the Bible is that it's, it's like having a conversation with Jesus. We can see how he lived, how he responded to different situations, how he responded to different people and different challenges. We can see what he values.
values, what's important to him. We can read about his character and his motives. And, and look, as I got to know Emily more, I learned about what she loves. I learned about what things bring her joy, what things make her smile. And that isn't just knowledge that I store away. Knowing those things allows me to practically be able to display my love for her by taking her to places she loves, by uh, talking to her about things she values, listening to music that she likes. Now, I'm not going to listen to the White Stripes. not going that far. Um, But I can do those things um, because I know those things about her. And my knowledge about her, it's not just knowledge for the sake of knowledge. My knowledge about her enhances our relationship because I know her well enough that I can display my feelings for her with my actions. And then I can encourage her and I can show her that, that, that I love her through my actions. And in our relationship with Jesus, when we read the Bible, when we learn more about Jesus, we start to see what he values. And we see that doing things that he values is a way that we can display our love for him. And for Emily, I can display my love for her by doing things that that are important to her. I can ask her about her day when she gets home from work. I can help clean around the house. I can take care of our dog, um, make sure we're going on adventures and going to the beach and things like that because those are things that she loves and she values, and I show love for her when I do those things. Now, when we read our Bibles, when we pray about our trials, when we um, pray for our friends and for our Bayshore family, like... When we avoid sinful desires like saying no to anger, saying no to greed and to pride, when we get involved in volunteering at church, when we get involved with a small group, those are things that that Jesus values. And when we do those, that is a display of our love for Jesus. And as we get to know more about him, we can appreciate who he is more. We grow in our faith by learning about Jesus and then by putting that knowledge into action in our lives. And as we grow in our faith, that knowledge that we have about Jesus, it impacts the way that we interact with others. And that brings us to our third point this morning, and that is that Jesus' love for us motivates us to love others with our actions. Jesus' love for us motivates us to love others with our actions. And Look, when we read the Bible, it tells us so much about Jesus. It, it teaches us so much about him. We learn that he's greater than everything, that he's greater than everyone. The Bible declares Jesus as the King of kings, as the Lord of lords, as the firstborn among creation. It says that he is above all things. It says that all things were created for him and all things were created through him. Jesus is greater than anything and anyone. Now, he is a big deal. But when he came to this earth, he didn't act like a big deal. When he came to this earth, he spent his time focused on others, focused on loving others. He was healing the sick. He was caring for people who were rejected by society. He was serving others. He was praying for others. He was mourning with others. He was um, rejoicing with others. And Jesus spent his whole life caring for others and showing love to them. And then at the end, He gave up his life for us so that we could have eternal life and so that we could have abundant life. Now think about that. Jesus is above all things, and yet he chose to spend his time focused on us. He spent his time acting like a servant. Jesus spent his whole life caring for others. He didn't ask to be served. He spent his time demonstrating his love for others by serving them. And when we look at that, when we look at that love that Jesus showed to us, it creates a desire inside of us to reflect that same love to the people that are around us. 
when our lives have been changed by the love that Jesus has shown to us, it changes how we treat the people that are around us. It changes how we speak to our spouse. It changes how we treat our coworkers and how we treat strangers. When your life is truly impacted by the love that Jesus has for you, it'll show in the way that you act towards others. Now, Let's look back into the book of Ephesians um, because uh, I want to look at a verse. This verse shows us some very practical ways that we can do this. So it says, always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now this verse shows us four ways that we can practically demonstrate love to those around us. Humility, gentleness, patience, and forgiveness. And, and look, when we're humble, that means we're putting other people ahead of us. We're focused on them. We're encouraging them and praising them. In our conversations, we're not interrupting with stories about ourselves. We're focused on them. We're asking them about their life. We're asking them about their work. We're asking how we can pray for them. And we're focused on um, what's important to them and how we can invest in them with your spouse, with your roommates, with your kids. You're looking for ways to serve them at the end of the day. You're doing things around the house that, that help them out. Look, when we're not focused on making life about us, we can bless the people around us so much more. Jesus displayed humility by serving and caring for the people around him, and we can do that for the people in our lives because demonstrating humility is a way for us to build others up so that they can feel valued and so they can feel encouraged and cared about. And the second thing that this verse mentions is gentleness. Now, um, gentleness is, is so interesting because um, when I read this verse and I was doing the studying, I, it seemed like a new concept to me. But as I've been reading the Bible, I see this everywhere. It was in my devotion this morning in the book of Philippians. But the verse that I love the most about gentleness comes from Proverbs. So we'll throw this up. It says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Now, gentleness conveys so much love and so much care to people. Anger is going to escalate a situation, but gentleness diffuses situations. Anger divides people, but gentleness unites people. And look, it's 2020. It is the year of conflict, if there has ever been a year of conflict. It's everywhere. But instead of allowing ourselves to get caught up in all this conflict, think about the impact that we could have if we were a voice of hope, a voice of encouragement, a gentle voice that isn't quick to anger, that isn't quick to judgment, whether that's on Facebook or whether that's in your own household with your spouse and your family, Displaying gentleness to those around us is such an awesome way to demonstrate Jesus' love for us. And the next few things that, that this verse mentions are being patient and demonstrating forgiveness to others. And it's so cool how these two are grouped together because forgiveness is an ongoing, patient display of love to those around us. And we show forgiveness not once, not twice. There's no limit to the forgiveness that we should extend to others and and that takes patience. It's so easy when people hurt us just to, you know, withhold our forgiveness, to stay angry at them, to, to hold a grudge. But that's not what Jesus has done for us. And Jesus' love for us, that's the example that motivates us to love others. So Jesus' limitless forgiveness for us, that's our example of how to forgive others. 
and Jesus' unending patience with us, that's what can motivate us to have patience with others. Jesus has shown his immense love for us by giving up his life for us so that we can have abundant life and so that we can have eternal life. And when you're struggling to keep your head up, remember how valuable you are to Jesus. So valuable that he was willing to give up his life to save you. And his love for you is displayed on that cross and it's displayed continually each and every day. And that love should motivate us to live for Jesus. It should motivate us to grow in our faith. It should motivate us to love others with our actions. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much um, for what you've done for us. And I thank you so much for the life that you've given each of us. And God, I pray that you would uh, help us to really feel that love that you've, that you've shown to us. I pray that we will all experience that, God. And I pray that you would um, inspire us to open the Bible and to read about you and to see all the ways that you care for us and all the ways that you demonstrate your love for us. And I pray that that will motivate us to go out and to, to display that in our lives by, by living our lives for you and by showing love and care to the people that are around us. I pray that you'll um, encourage everyone here in this room, encourage everybody on Facebook, encourage everybody listening to the podcast. Um, and I pray that you would uh, bless the rest of our day. And I pray this in your name. Amen.